Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we're going to be revisiting some of our favorite conversations from the fall of 2022. We start the program by speaking with Dr. Greg Popchak. He and his wife Lisa started a new ministry, Catholic HOM, or Households on Mission. It's a new ministry of uh, uh, Holy Cross Family Ministries. He will tell us how this new resource can help and support Catholic families. After that, we will meet singer-songwriters and newly married couple Megan and Blake Flynn. In our second half hour, we will be hearing from Magnus McFarlane Barrow. He's been on the show before. He's the founder of Mary's Meals. They feed over 2 million children every day. But there is so much more need after COVID and with the war in Ukraine. And so he tells us what they're up to and what's new. And we end the show by reconnecting with singer-songwriter Matt Marr, who partnered with Mary's Meals for an event last fall and who released several new singles uh, last year. And of course, we'll also listen to some great music. Remember that you can listen to all our programs at slmedia.org podcast. And to comment on what you hear or to ask any questions, you can look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. We begin now with Catholic Households on Mission. I feel like I've introduced many a segment by stating how important it is for Catholic families, for Catholic parents especially, to find good, strong Catholic support and community, to find resources that can help them in their mission as Catholic families. The Church, after all, teaches that the home is the domestic church. How are we all doing with building that domestic church? Now there's a community that is designed for this very purpose, and it is called Catholic Home. H-O-M stands for Households on Mission, a ministry of Holy Cross Family Ministries. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Dr. Greg Popchak, co-founder of Catholic H-O-M. Uh, Greg, it's good to see you again. Welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Great to be here. Thank you so much. So am I pronouncing it right? Because every time I see it, I want to say HOM. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Catholic H-O-M. Catholic Home. Catholic <laughs> H-O-M stands for Households on Mission. That's right. So what is it? Well, it's it's an app actually, and it's okay. but it's it's not an app where that you usually think of in terms of just a kind of a passive place to go and download resources or whatever. What it really is is an active community of faithful Catholic families and also uh, experts uh, who are providing ongoing support. So uh, uh, all of the, my team of pastoral counselors and trained parenting coaches are part of the community as well. And the goal is to help families, Catholic families, build more loving, connected, and caring households that enable parents to feel more confident in their role of, ra- of being faithful Catholic parents, raising faithful Catholic kids. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of the genesis of it, because I, I mentioned that it's it's a ministry of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're dedicating to helping the family and helping the family, particularly with prayer. Um, it, 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 can you tell us a little bit about how the idea came sure. about? Well, yeah, so I start with some current news. You know, Pew Research just came out with a poll that found that Christians will be in the minority in the U.S. at least Mm -hmm. uh, within the next decade, presumably. That's coming down from where Christians were 90% of the population. 
Uh, and so Catholic families can't count on the culture to support our values anymore. Mm -hmm. We can't we can't just say, well, you know, we'll do our best, but then the school will make up for it or the community will make up for it. And so how do you parent and raise Catholic kids in a post-Christian world? Uh, and that was sort of the, the impetus for a conference that we had in 2019 at, at the University of Notre Dame, right. where we gathered a group of theologians, social scientists, uh, church leaders together, to really look at that question of the renewal of Catholic family life and how can we build Catholic families that can stand up to the culture. Mm -hmm. um, and, and through that, then we had several conversations over the last three years with uh, the USCCB and then the Vatican Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life okay. to really look at you know, how could we as a church help support families in the day-to-day -day lives to build strong enough families that can really stand up to the culture and raise kids who can own their faith? And so the, 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 the product of those many conversations over the last three years is this Catholic home community, Catholic households on mission community, which is really about presenting a, a framework for Catholic family life that allows every family everywhere, uh, regardless of their composition or culture or where they are, to use this framework to build a more loving, caring, and connected Catholic family uh, that raises kids who can own their faith um, and really live their faith into adulthood. Yeah. So it sounds like you have good partnerships there with the U.S. bishops and the Vatican. Um, uh, I could do worse, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and and I should mention that you're you're the co-founder with your wife Lisa, right. um, which also always makes perfect sense to have parents, male and female, um, helping us uh, be be better parents. And and but I wanted to ask you. So I, I get the sense, and maybe it's because I'm a parent that it's more for parents, but it's not. It's for families. Who is the who who is the app for, or who's the community for? Sure. Well, we're presuming that parents are going to be the ones who are using it mostly, but the yeah. resources are all designed for families. So, for example, um, so we have two sides to it. There's the free side of the app, which anyone can download, and they can, they can get all the information that they need to live out this framework on their own. Mm -hmm. But if they want that ongoing support and all the resources to help them go deeper uh, and really live this out in the day-to-day, -day, there's a subscription side. Okay. Uh, and on that side, we have resources like the Catholic Home Animated uh, Course, which is uh, six videos that, that Lisa and I are interacting with a cartoon family that we take through the whole process. Oh, fun. So, you know, if you're wondering, how can I get my spouse and kids on board? You know, you can watch these videos and then do the discussion questions afterward. It leads to a lot of fun conversations uh, that really teaches this model of family life. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and so it's, you know, so there's that. And then, of course, we have the expert accompaniment every day that helps to make those connections with families and really support them through that. So the app is designed primarily for parents, but giving parents lots of tools and resources to use with their kids to live out their faith at home. Right. So we're, we're calling it a community, but it's an online community. And you've mentioned the app. So the main, the main platform is this app. And you said there's a free, there's a, there's some resources that are free, but there's also, if people want more, they, they want to sort of be more active in this community. They can also subscribe, um, to 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 bend to get some more of the benefits. That's right. That's and and so our goal really ultimately is is our hope is that we by by getting enough families to subscribe to the app that we're not just doing an online community that we're training families right. to minister to other families in their parish or their community. So everybody who subscribes can use these resources to have people over to their home and show them the videos or do the exercises with their kids or have a game night uh, with different suggestions that we have to be able to share this mission with other people. So it's Catholic households on mission, which means on the first part, living out that mission of God's love in the home, but then 
taking up the mission of sharing God's love with others as well. And so our, our goal is to be able to create an online community that forms families to be able to create local communities in their parish and area to spread the gospel. Right, exactly, to send them on, a, on that mission. Um, I, I sometimes get the sense that people listen to these kinds of interviews and they think, oh, you know, like, well, that's for perfect families, you know, like I'm not, I'm a single <laughs> parent or I'm divorced or, or I'm a, uh, my children are adopted. Um, I presume that this is also for them. There are lots of resources to That's help. That's right. We, we like to family. say that uh, Catholic home isn't just for perfect families. It's it's for families who want to experience God's love more perfectly. Mm-hmm. And the feedback that we've got, you know, we've presented this model now uh, to family life ministries in over 30 countries on five continents. And what we found is that every household, whether it's a single parenting household, a divorced household, foster family household, mm-hmm. adoptive family, grandparenting family household, right. can use this framework to grow closer to each other and to God in their daily lives. So it's not just for a specific kind of family. It's for any family that wants to live their faith more meaningfully at home, encounter Christ in a more meaningful way at home, and really experience the faith as the source of the warmth in their home. There's something I, that I saw on your website um, that refers to the liturgy of domestic church life. And I know I referred to the domestic church and people might hear that and think like, oh, I don't know what that is. It's too, too yeah. deep for me. So what, what is the liturgy of domestic church life? Well, let's, let's break that down. So a domestic church okay, is just a household of people that are connected to each other and to God through the sacramental life of the church. So that's number one, sacraments makes a church. Okay. But uh-huh. the second part of it is that household of persons connected to God and each other through the sacramental life of the church should be committed to trying to live out the Christian vision of love in their relationships with each other in the world. So not just loving each other with the love that's in their own hearts, but really trying to learn what it means to love each other with God's love. And that's what makes a church, a, a household, a common household, a domestic church, sacramental right. grace, and that mission to live out Christian love. Liturgy is a big word that basically just means a way of worshiping that God gave to us, yeah. right? So the liturgy of domestic church life wasn't, excuse me, the liturgy of the Eucharist wasn't invented by people. Christ gave us that liturgy as yeah. a way of healing the damage that sin does to our relationship with God and each other. Well, the liturgy of domestic church life is that collection of practices that God built into families at the beginning of time that helps them be healthy and holy. And these practices are shown by social science research to be uh, to make healthy, happy, holy families throughout every generation and across every culture. And when we bring those things together, what we see is that family life uh, lived this way as a way of worshiping God, of experiencing God's love, and drawing closer to each other and God each day, and just doing all the stuff that families already do, but just doing it with more purpose and with the intention to, to share God's love with each other. Yeah, it's it sounds very exciting, and I wanted to end. We have about a minute, Greg. But so you're you're a dad, you're a husband, you mm-hmm. have kids. I think your kids are getting a little older since last time I saw you. Um, how does this work in your in your family? The, well, the not so perfect Popchak family. Yeah, well, you know, and and we we have biological kids and adopt kids as well, and yeah. uh, you know, and we have adult children and we have a teenage daughter still, uh, and what it really is is it gives us all a framework to really. Uh, build the kind of family that that enables us to enjoy each other's company more, to to share the, the, the each other's burdens a little bit more, and to experience God's love in more meaningful ways every day. It's it's really been a wonderful blessing to us, and I hope that it would bless other families as well. Yeah, well, I hope so too. It sounds like it, and I'm glad that you're here today to tell us all about it, and and the people are going to get excited uh, to go try it out. Thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Doctor Greg Popchak. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you, Deacon. And if folks would like to check it out, go to Apple or Google Play Store, Catholic HOM.
Yeah, easy enough. There you go. So Dr. Greg Popchak, he's the founder of Catholic HOM or Catholic Home, like I say it, with his wife, Lisa. It is a ministry of Holy Cross Family Ministries, and you can find out more also at the website, catholichome.com, so catholichom.com. And as he said, uh, just wherever you get your uh, your apps there at the Google Play Store or the Apple, uh, the Apple Store. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Flynn, with their single, Eleven. We were young and broken hearted when we met. Didn't know what we started till the end. Lost in waves uncharted. I lost all my friends. Isn't that how it goes? That's just how it goes. It seems like everybody has to pretend that they're fine. That was Flynn with their single, Eleven. Flynn are Megan and Blake Flynn. They were married last year in 2021, but they now have over 100,000 streams on Spotify. And as you have been hearing, their melodies are catchy and their lyrics are down to earth, creating a super unique indie pop blend. But actually, I'm not entirely sure that that's how I would classify their music. I'm not really sure exactly where I would put it except that it's good. And to tell us all about it, I'm now joined by Megan and Blake Flynn. Guys, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And and congratulations on the marriage. It's coming to a year. Yes. yes. Yep. We got married last December, so coming up on a year. Congratulations. But you guys have been together for a long time, or you've been friends for a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. We met back in 2017, 
and then started dating in 2018 and now here we are okay wow covid yeah. <laughs> the, co- the covid romance okay and we can talk a little bit about that um if you want but i i always like to ask uh, our guests kind of to go back to to where where they came from so maybe maybe blake with you where where did you grow up and what was growing up like yeah so i grew up in a small town in michigan okay um yeah all of my family lives within like a 10 minute radius of each other Nice. I have a lot of aunts, uncles, cousins, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. We have a close knit family, and nice. uh, everyone's Catholic. Yeah, we okay, all, that was all, good. That was going to be yeah. my next question. So everyone's Catholic. Yeah. Everyone's okay. Catholic. We we all went to the same like small little church in the middle of a cornfield, nice. and uh, yeah, it it was awesome just to be surrounded with so much family. Okay, cool. And music was it a musical family? Um, not. No, not necessarily. No, okay. I picked up the guitar at around age 10 and I was, I'm on the older side of all my cousins. Yeah. Um, And now some of them do a little music here and there, but I was kind of the first and uh, yeah, I picked up the guitar in high school. I learned piano Okay. and I started kind of messing around with uh, music production during, during high school. Right. And uh, that's kind of how we got here and and were you like like in the church choir or the church band growing up um i was not no No. okay so it wasn't like like your faith and your music did not kind of intersect no not really (laughs) no yeah you're like no it yeah it still doesn't um and 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 you megan where where did you grow up and what was growing up like for you yeah so i'm actually from oklahoma okay and yeah i grew up um with really just my mom taking me and my two sisters um to church every weekend and my dad converted when I was 13 which was awesome Mm -hmm. and yeah we it's really just like us one of my aunts and my grandparents that are Catholic um but music was always huge for me um as a little kid I was just always the one singing around the house or singing in the shower I had to have music on in the car and I think my family would get a little annoyed. I was going to say <laughs> you were that annoying kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah, I just was in a lot of choirs growing up, a lot of yeah. different music things and opportunities, never really in the church. Um, but I liked like singing at church. Um, okay. And my grandma was in the choir. So that okay. was a big thing. <laughs> but yeah. And then I once... I always wanted to do music, but I didn't really have the capability of doing it on my own. I played guitar starting when I was like 13, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, once I met Blake, it really became a reality of something that I could actually do. And right. so, okay. yeah, my dad actually, the first time he met Blake, stopped him after church. We saw him later and was like, you need to keep making music with Megan because she won't do it if it's not with you. And it oh, was, wow. it was a sweet moment, but yeah. Okay, so then, like your mu- like like literally, your musical career kind of began when you guys met each other. Yeah, yeah. So we did, um, yeah, we did some mission work uh, okay. right after high school, and that's where we both met. Uh, that's where we, we both met. met. Yep. Um, and it's called Net Ministries. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. So we ended up meeting there, and during the first like two during the first week, I think mm-hmm. Megan decided to sign us up for a talent show. Okay, good. Good. So, good which which I, didn't, happy. I didn't know about. So 
that's kind of where our music started. That's yeah. where it began. That's great. And and okay, so and I guess you were already in the kind of the missionary mode because you both joined Net. Yeah. Yep. So when you joined Net, were you even thinking that music might be part of? So you can you didn't do music for Net, like you weren't part of the worship group team or anything like that. I was when we first met. I was one of the musicians. Okay. Um. So I was leading very comfortably leading praise and worship. Um, okay. Either every day or every other day because I had a co musician on my team, but um. So that was something I was really comfortable with. And then the next year, Blake was he did two years of mission work and I only did one. Right. Okay. So we met on his first year, and so his second year he was also a musician there. So when did you both? start writing songs or is that something that maybe you were doing already yeah that was i mean within the first two weeks of meeting each other oh yeah um we we started writing a song and that was our first song that we put out under the name megan blake okay um so we had that band and then we've switched over to flynn now but yeah, yeah. That first song was called Maybe, and it did okay. it did well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we continued. So you guys continue to co-write. So you're both writing. It's not like Megan writes all the music or the lyrics, and you write the music. You know, like is she yeah. like your Paul McCartney to your John Lennon? Or what? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we both we both co-write. Yeah. Okay. And how does how does that go? Is that good for the marriage or not good for the marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I think really good. We. Yeah. Thankfully, are just really good at working together. Um, yeah. And, you know, we know each other so well now that we kind of can look at each other and know what the other needs. And usually it's that I'm getting overwhelmed and Blake's looking at me and he's like, we can take a break. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I think typically we work with like the music by itself first and then write over it. Okay. Like write and, lyrics over it. And Blake, because you said you're into music production, do you are you also thinking about how like the song's gonna be produced, or is that something you let someone else do? Yeah, correct. I usually will have the song pretty much built out. Um yeah. and then we'll write to it. Um and then, you know, the demo is done. Um there mm -hmm. I mean, there have been other times where we've like have a super basic just piano, you know, uh piano chords going and then we we end up writing a song and i can kind of produce around that but right. generally speaking it's usually yeah i have the song kind of built out yeah it's a pretty unique sound that you guys have and 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 hard to pinpoint because i find that like we've heard two songs already and they're completely like different um and, and the one yes. that we're going to end the show with is also like just kind of like a different so so I, I love that and i know that you guys are working on, a, on an album that you're crowdfunding tell us about the crowdfunding uh how's that going yeah, um, it has been going. It's been going well. We are super excited about the different um, donation levels, like that people can uh, give, but they they can also receive something with that. We're mm -hmm. making um, hoodies, and we have stickers and hats and vinyls. Um, wow! So we have a lot um, of stuff that you can get back from your donation so people will do it so it's the same as any crowdfunding except you're doing it directly people will do it directly with you at your website correctly yeah. correct okay. yes yes, yes. <laughs> and yes they will do it correctly if they do it correctly <laughs> do it correctly yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah so um and are a lot, a lot of those songs already written or like how are you are you thinking about this new album is it already recorded like when's this coming down 
Yeah. So we actually have all 12 recorded and yep, they were fully written. We recorded back in early September and um, yeah, we will start releasing them in what early ish next year. Yeah. Um, But we're waiting for things to get mixed and mastered and we have to finalize some extra stuff on them too okay so make sure you let us know over here so we can play some of your songs make sure that we play them before anybody else okay yeah, uh, great. Thank you. and and uh, we can get our listeners excited about your music it's i really like your sound it's it's really good stuff and i think it's going to touch a lot of hearts um are you good are you doing the whole thing where you're releasing singles or are you actually going to wait you are doing the single thing okay well, we're doing the singles yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. it makes sense it makes sense uh yeah okay. yeah so so when you got like three new singles we'll get you back on the show and and uh great <laughs> um, so i'll we'll let people know where they can where, where they can contribute to that campaign at the end of the program and uh thank you thank you for what you're doing congratulations on your coming up first year of marriage and uh and on this album that's coming down the pipes uh looking forward to it yeah thank, thank you. you so Thanks much for having us you can learn more about flynn that's megan and blake flynn you can listen to their music and book them for your event at their website flynnmusic.co and it's flynn f-l-y-n-n flynnmusic.co i'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily if you missed any part of the interview, you can go over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. All our programs are archived there. And here now to take us out is Flynn with their single, Kinda Crazy. I'm kinda crazy about my love for you. You got me thinking about my every move. But what if I said no regrets? Would you still think I'm in over my head? I think I can promise I'm into the end. I'm running in place while I think I'm ahead. I'm afraid you got me, Cupid shot me through the left rib. I believe in love for now, don't tell me you're a skeptic. But what if I stayed? Would it blow up in my face? Would you save me more space? I've been spending too much time without you. Gotta feel the same way, we can do another time, different place I've been spending too much time without you I'm kinda hoping that you'll fall for me We're listening to Flynn with their new single, Kinda Crazy. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour featuring our favorite conversations of the fall of 2022. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can check out our website at slmedia.org. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Some 64 million children around the world are out of school, and they can't go to school because they have to work or beg. Even if they did go to school, hunger would affect their ability to learn. Enter Mary's Meals. Mary's Meals makes sure that many of them can have at least one good solid meal every day in a place of education, and they feed about 2.2 million children every day. And here's the best part. They're able to do so providing a good meal, not a cheap meal, but a good meal for only $26.40 Canadian a year. That's 13 cents a day. 
there's no reason why we all shouldn't be donating to Mary's Meals. But the pandemic has made the situation worse, and things have changed. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by the founder and CEO of Mary's Meals, Magnus McFarlane Barrow. Magnus, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's great, great to be back on. So how, how much worse is the situation now after the pandemic? It's really pretty awful. I mean, I, th this is the 20th year, 20th anniversary since we started feeding 200 children back in 2002. And I, 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 I'm sad to say this is by far the worst global situation I, I've seen in that time mm. where there are just so many um, crises unfolding at, at once. You know, we see many, many millions of people um, slipping into chronic hunger. You know, and, and there's a number of drivers. There's, there's the pandemic itself uh, that caused so much new poverty. Um, there's climate change that's driving famine in places like uh, Madagascar right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just so much violence, so much um, conflict. You know, Ethiopia, where hunger has been used as right. a weapon of war. Haiti, where there's so much yeah. unrest. And, and in the background, that conflict in Ukraine that's driving I, um, food prices up I was constantly. Gonna, I was going to ask you about that. So there's the conflict in Ukraine affecting Ukraine, but there's also the food crisis that has arisen with the blockade of, of grain going to other places from Ukraine. Exactly. And, and, you know, very simply, people who were already struggling um, to buy enough food for their families each week are, are finding themselves in a situation where they simply can't do that, where they, where they really don't know how they're going to be feeding their own children in the right. coming months and right. weeks. Yeah, but at the same time, you're able to, I mean, there's more need and you have been able to increase the work that you're doing. Are you able to feed children in more countries than you were two years ago? Yeah, we're now feeding in 20 uh, countries, uh, so that's grown a little bit, and certainly the total number of children fed has grown also, as yeah. you mentioned, over 2.2 million, which is incredible, and, and it's only possible because of thousands and thousands of people sharing a little of what they have, mm -hmm. so that children might eat. I always describe Mary's Meals as just a series of lots and lots of little acts of love. Yeah. None of us doing anything yeah. amazing on our own. But when yes. you put that together, it, it, it makes this incredible thing that really is changing the, the world's poorest communities. Yeah, it is. It is a simple thing, and it's. It's. Uh, I don't think it needs explaining. Um, but I'm intrigued by the little the little acts of kindness, and of course, that's what your book was about. That's the last time we spoke. We spoke about your book. Um, I, I was. Uh, uh, I. I, I I, I was intrigued by what I saw on your website recently, that it actually encourages people not just to help Mary's Meals, but also to, to start their own acts of kindness and what you can do in your own community. Um, tell us a little bit about that, because you're not just encouraging people to join in the mission of Mary's Meals, but you also want to encourage them to be people who who do I, I don't know what the word would be yeah. act kindness act, kindness people um don't I mean I, tell, tell yeah. us about that well I, I suppose just all these years I mean I never planned to do this the whole reason it's grown in this incredible way is because people are so good people just keep humbling me with their extraordinary acts of generosity and something I've noticed more and more over the years are the people who give the most, who really give of themselves, are also the happiest, most joyful people I know. You know, and 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 I suppose that makes sense. You know, I think when we when we really give, you know, we we become more the people 
than God made us to be, and we become more fulfilled and we become more peaceful and and and, and joyful, regardless of what particular cause or or mission that we're supporting. So, um, but within that, you know, we we do have a very specific invitation for people to support mm-hmm. this mission because the, these meals are every day saving lives and everyday transforming lives. They are the key, I believe, to transforming um, the world's very poorest community. So this is a work of love, but it's a work of love that's absolutely practical and effective. Yeah. And uh, you use the word kindness. I use the word kindness. Of course, generosity, I think, is the word that I couldn't find. And so if people are interested, Magnus's book is called Give. A charity and their art of living generously. So that's what you're encouraging is encouraging people to 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 nurture the art of giving or living generously. Um, can 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 are there more things that people can do? I mean, obviously, twenty six dollars a year for most of us is not a huge stretch. But can people do more? Could they? Could I sponsor a whole school if I wanted to, for example? Absolutely. If, if, if people go on our, our website, they'll see that there is a possibility to do just that, to, okay. to sponsor a specific school and get reports back. There are also many other ways of, of supporting the mission, volunteering time um, to, right. to, to spread awareness, to invite new people into this mission. We desperately want to grow, to invite more people in. And we depend almost entirely on volunteers, whether it's on that side of on the fundraising or whether it's where we serve the meal. All those meals are cooked and served by unpaid local volunteers. So um, this work relies entirely on on gifts of of time. And and also, I would just ask people to pray for this work. I believe this whole mission is a fruit of of prayer, and we depend Mm. on it uh, 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 as much as we ever did. Yeah, we should never forget that that's probably the more important thing to root everything that we do in in prayer. Now, uh, there's an event in on October 23rd in Surrey, British Columbia. Um, it's titled Matt Marr and Friends, Love Reaches Everywhere. Tell us a bit about that event, Magnus. Why, why are you having that event? Well, just really excited and so grateful to Matt Marr for doing this uh, event in support of Mary's Meals. And it's a little bit like what we talked about a moment ago. Our our huge desire is to invite more people into this into this beautiful work, uh, and and what better way to do it than ha- than having a wonderful concert with with Ma- Ma- Mahara singing his his wonderful songs. Yeah. Uh, so it's an opportunity for people to come and and to have a night of celebration and praise, uh, and also to learn about Mary's meals. I'm g- going to be there, and I'll share a few stories and explain a little bit about how how this all works. Yes, the only bad thing is that British Columbia is a little too far away from Toronto, so I will not be able to be there. <laughs> now, is there a plan that you're having similar events in other cities? I mean, we have listeners all across the United States on this program. Uh, is Will there be other events that you're planning? Not not exactly like this one. This is a, quite a, a sort of spectacular, high-profile one yes, for us. We is. hope in due course the answer to your question will be yes, but we're, we're going to do this one, and we're very excited to do it, and then we'll see what, what happens af- after that. Okay, so good. And we're actually going to be speaking with Matt Marr just after uh, we say goodbye to Magnus here. So uh, Magnus, it's good to connect with you. Uh, thank you for organizing the event because it gave us an excuse to have you on the program so we could talk and get more people excited about the work of Mary's Meals. And I can't say this enough to, to people listening, $26 a year. Uh, that's all it needs and you will feed one child for a whole year. 
That's incredible. And uh, so thank you, Magnus, for what you're doing. And we'll be praying for you as you continue the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. Really appreciate it. It's, it's lovely to, to be talking to you again. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. God bless. God bless. Magnus McFarlane Barrow is the founder and CEO of Mary's Meals. You can get involved and donate at marysmeals.ca if you're in Canada. And that's also where you can find out more about the evening with Matt Marr. If you're outside of Canada, go to marysmeals.org. And if you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, just head on over to slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is Matt Marr with his newest single, Common Ground, featuring Dee Wilson. Child of God, be at peace. Open hands, let go of everything. Christ in us. All around Calvary, a hill with level ground. I hear a voice calling out. Tear down the walls between us. Make way for love to heal us. Show us the Church of God, now's the time. There's a mountain that we have to climb. Broken hearts all around. Suffering, this is our common ground. My brother's blood is crying.
never seen. When I don't love my brother, I see every day. God, would you help us, heal us, disturb us, we pray. Disturb us, oh God, we pray. Way we've been trying to solve it ain't good enough, God. We need your intervention. We need repentance. Turning from our own way to your way, the best way. We're turning from our own way to your way, the best way. That was Matt Marr with his newest single, Common Ground, and singing with Matt there was Dee Wilson. I don't need to say much about Matt Marr. He's a nine-time Grammy nominee and three-time Gospel Music Awards Dove Award winner. He's probably the best-known Catholic singer-songwriter in the world. Matt has been on our program many times, and most recently I saw him in Quebec City during the papal visit. He also has quite a few new singles, which we are listening to, and as you just heard, he has partnered with Mary's Meals for an event in Surrey, British Columbia on October 23rd, and so there's lots to talk about. I spoke with Matt Marr earlier this week. Matt, it's so good to see you. Welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you too, uh, Deacon Pedro. Thanks for having me. And we we got to see each other over the summer. And I wanted to start. I wanted to start there because you were part of of a, a a wonderful, in my opinion, event during the papal visit that I think kind of went a little unnoticed. But it was still such a powerful event. And I was curious to know what after after some months of reflection, how are you feeling about that today? I think I'm still reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know, and I, I do think it's sort of like on the other side of it, 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 it sort of in the scope of history and the history of redemption, it will be looked upon as sort of the start of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was both a thin space and a thick space for me. So what I mean, yeah. by that, it was a, it was a place where, um, you know, singing on the plains of Abraham sort of uh, uh, just over the hill from uh, the Citadel and praying and singing in that place where, you know, this a historic battle took place and, um, and two groups of people were fighting over land that was actually occupied by a third group of people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and being on the other side of history now and looking back on it and, and hopefully being part of a moment of truth and reconciliation that Mm -hmm. sort of acknowledges the the pain and the suffering of indigenous uh, people in Canada. Uh, And, and and not just in Canada, I mean, North America, you know, but I think specifically in this instance in Canada, and I think the, the Holy Father trying to teach the church uh, to have a, to not, in some ways, the, the reflection for me is don't wait until you have to make an apology. Yeah. Um, be the one willing to do it. Yeah. 
and that and and so in some ways you know and 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 people will argue and say well the, the, the but that's why the pope came is because in some ways he was you know finally forced to you know to to come and i think that's and and they're probably right but my hope is in seeing his willingness to come and be present and as he said you know sort of make a pilgrimage of repentance is that it would it would serve as an example to the church of what it means to step out and try to be agents of reconciliation. Yes. It was a powerful day. It was, um, it was, like I said, there were these moments where um, hearing uh, indigenous people sing in their language, pray in their language, uh, express their culture. It was incredibly moving for me. I, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still sort of at a loss for words and um, of the gift of what they actually have to bring. And I grieve in the sense that I pray for a future in which the depth and the insight and beauty of their culture and who they are as a people is more celebrated uh, in the church. Yeah. There's more of a space for them to be who they are as a people in, you know, in their different tribes and different customs and, um, you know, that's the, the great gift, I think, that Catholicism offers in Christianity, uh, which is why I'm a Catholic, is that it says that culture matters. It's important. Yeah. Who yeah. you are, who you are, where you come from, your legacy, your history, um, the the stories that have been handed down to you about your identity. These things are sacred and they're deeply important. And um, God loves them because it's how he made you. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was, I was most impacted, not so much when I was singing, but when I was just there receiving their culture, their language, their songs, it, 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 um, it's continuing to echo in my soul. Yeah, it is. And, 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 uh, I think I share that grieve the grief with you. Um, but also in the sense that it's just taken so long to get here. And I, I, I remember you and I talking beforehand, like months before about, about writing a song. And then um, I was looking at the lyrics of the songs that you gave us to play for this episode. Um, and it's kind of a little bit there. And I don't know, I was curious to know about common ground because I was okay, you're nodding. Uh, like it's, it's kind of, they tear down the walls between us. Like, is that kind of where that song you just just released this song. I don't know when you wrote it. Uh, it's so that song was started six years ago. Wow! It just it started as a prayer, but it you know it was a, so it was written with a guy named Dee Wilson, who's yeah. a worship leader from grew up in Gary, Indiana, south like very like south of Chicago. Yeah. Um, we sort of wrote this song about the reality of racism, uh, the inability of some people to, to just see um, a group of people, a large group of people marginalized and suffer and mm-hmm. realizing that, which I think in some ways, this is probably John Paul II. He says, you know, everyone suffering is inescapable from the human experience. Yeah. So it through sort of, you know, the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus suffering actually becomes a, a, a an oppor- there's an opportunity for solidarity with one another mm-hmm. in our suffering and but the first is you need to see the suffering of another and you need to 
recognize its legitimacy and the reality of it and to be able to hold space for it and not necessarily for, um, to come with solutions, but to just simply come say, well, um, we're both here as people of faith uh, and we both believe that the cross is a hill with level ground, which yeah. is sort of the paradox, you know? So that's yeah. the song was started six years and obviously many um, sort of trigger points in American culture, which have continued to expose the wound that is systemic racism that is still to be fully reconciled mm -hmm. and realized, and, you know, and healed in our society. So this song sort of, I mean, for me, it's just a simple thing of like moving to the, to the States, you know, I, I pray, I lead worship, write songs with black people. And so this, at some point I just stopped listening to what the TV was saying or what media outlets yeah. were saying. And I just said, I'm going to listen to their stories. I want to hear that. I want to hold space for their stories, their lived experience. And as I did, I came to realize that there was a perspective that I could never see. Um, Hmm. Yeah, but I could hold space for as a what? Yeah, and I, I could also just recognize as real. Yeah. So I think that was the heart of common ground. But I do think in some in some sense you're right. It does. It holds. Uh, it rings true. I think for um, you know lots of groups of people that uh, historically or, or currently are are marginalized, yeah. and um, that the gospel is a the gospel of the margins as Pope Francis would like to say. So Jesus goes to the margins and to the marginalized. And yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. because the cross, the cross contains common ground. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes we forget, I mean, you don't have to go to the margins to find, to find the people who are different and, and finding that common ground. No. Is not, yeah, exactly. Right. And I, um, um, it's that solidarity is that making space for someone that's different that I will never be able to step in their shoes. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I was just talking to Magnus McFarlane and you're part of this event with, with him, uh, uh, with Mary's meals. And in a way that's the same thing. I mean, they're doing great work to make a difference, but at the same time, we, it needs to start from a place of recognizing that there's a suffering there and maybe we're even partly responsible for that suffering. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it I think uh, um, it goes, it, it always, you know, it goes back to the fall, but it goes back to the fall. The, we live in a broken world and um, it, that the reality of that brokenness and admitting that brokenness doesn't absolve you of responsibility for trying to be an agent of recon reconciliation yeah. in the world. So saying, well, the world is broken because sin exists and it's real and it separates us and it creates systems of inequality or uh you know marginalization it's not enough just to point that out as a christian because i've been extended uh infinite grace and mercy mm -hmm. i have to be willing to extend that not only to people around me but then i have to be I'll allow that grace to transform the way i see things including what i have as to how it could benefit others around me and mm -hmm. so when you you know to me evangelism is always uh intrinsically linked to mission the the, the notion of of uh absolutely talk, talking yeah. about jesus with people is always linked to uh the church's social teaching uh and particularly the preferential 
option for the poor. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as an artist, I make music that talks about my faith. It comes from my faith. Uh, and then obviously always want to try to find ways where people can make a uh, sort of, you know, the word has to become flesh, I guess you could say. <laughs> so Mary's meals is a practical way for people to help um, reach the poor, yeah. you know, basically through school meals yeah. and 2 million children a day. Yeah. And it's such a simple thing. And for like, no, almost no money. Yeah. yeah very, very little yeah. in, in comparison. And, um, you know, it makes a difference. It makes yeah. it makes a massive difference. difference. Huge difference. Anyway, Matt, we're going to have to leave it there, but it's so good to see you. So good to chat. And thank you for these three songs um, for sharing them with us today. Uh, I think they're going to give people a lot of uh, opportunity for reflection. And uh, and thank you for the catechism lesson. You took us from the fall all the way through the cross to uh, Catholic social teaching. So. <laughs> Brother. All right. God bless. God bless. That was a conversation I had with Matt Marr earlier this week. You can find out more about Matt Marr, find out how to listen to his music, or find out where he will be playing next at his website, mattmar.com. If you don't know how to spell that, it's Marr, M-A-H-E-R, mattmar.com. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just go on to our website, eselmedia.org slash podcasts. Here now is Matt Marr with his new single, The Lord's Prayer. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as listening to Matt Marr with his new single, The Lord's Prayer, and that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. You can learn all about Salt and Light Media and support what we do at our website, slmedia.org. If you have any questions or comments or just to say hello, you can reach out to me through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. <laughs>